You're listening to the Electronic Media Collective Podcast Network. Yeah, it's a mouthful. For more great shows like the one you're about to enjoy, visit electronicmediacollective.com. And now, our feature presentation. Welcome to the exciting world of the movies. Cowabunga dudes, welcome back to the movie graveyard. This is the goat joined by uh, our newest grave digger here, Zach. Zach, what's going on? What's a guy gotta do to get some food around here? Hell yeah, I'm here with the fucking boy. I'm here with the goat. We watching the TMNT, baby. That's right. Cricket? You gotta know what a crumpet is in order to play cricket. (laughs) Hell yes. Damn. NT. Yeah, so we're rolling with the original um, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles movie from 1990, I believe. I got to say, uh, I'm kind of, you know, disappointed in myself, Zach. I didn't realize that uh, this year, back in, I think, March, was the uh, 30th anniversary of this film. Hell but, yes. So we're a couple months late, but at least we did it in the, the correct year to hit the 30th anniversary. They didn't drop that fucking 30th anniversary steel book that you would have inevitably got. Oh, I would have bought the shit out of it. Hell yes. Because nothing's better than the uh, turtle merchandise. Turtle You're merchandise. Steel book guy, yeah. Yeah, turtle merchandise is weird, though. Like, like they come up with, like, the weirdest turtle merchandise. And then the shit that you think they really would sell, they don't sell at all. <laughs> so. mm-hmm. Exactly. But, yeah, I got a long history with the TMNT, and I'm sure you do, too. And we'll mm-hmm. talk all about it when we get rolling here. We are going to roll here. I'm rolling off the, the Blu-ray, which starts out with a uh, brand-new superimposed New Line uh, logo. Uh, Zach is rolling off the original DVD, which just starts with a shot of New York City. So we're going to go ahead and do it like right at the beginning of the movie. No logo, just the actual fade-up shot of New York City. You can see the beautiful Twin Towers. Uh, they still exist in this cinematic universe. They didn't go oh, out, yeah. go back and erase them digitally like they did in the Spider-Man movies or whatever. Mm-hmm. But yeah, so I have the uh, blue at the 23-second mark, which is where it fades in. What's the second mark you got on the DVDs? Zach? My DVD is seven seconds. Okay, perfect. So 23 if you're in HD, seven if you're in SD. I'm going to say mm-hmm. one, two, three, go. And when you hear me say the word go, hit play on your remote or controller or flashlight, whatever you got handy. All right, everybody. One, two, three, go. Totally tubular, dude. Exactly. Look at this. Opening. Both of the movies. Both of the movies start out with a great shot of New York City, but they're not eating pizza in this one. Mm Mm-mm. You you know you know what hit me the first when I first watched this again the other night Zach was that opening montage that's how the beginning of every New York movie back then opened like the city the street mm-hmm. and then the shot that same exact it was almost like stock footage that they put in every movie the same exact shot of that crowded ass uh, sidewalk you know what I'm talking about exactly and this movie was really low budget and they didn't have like a big film crew behind them mm-hmm. so like basically they couldn't shoot the whole movie in New York City so a lot of it was like shot in like South Carolina yep. so i think that's a big thing they do to like trick you into thinking like oh yeah, yeah this is where this movie takes place you know what i mean yeah exactly like all these wide shots that are obviously New York and then we see this kid leaning up against a wall probably somewhere in downtown fucking yeah. South Carolina somewhere 
they did shoot like a couple days there just for like big landmark kind of see probably that that might have been shot in new york city yeah. it's hard to don't know and he's also wearing a sid vicious shirt hell yeah, yeah hell yeah sid vicious was dead uh shit probably how many years at that point almost 15 at that point mm-hmm. he still was a punk icon i remember kids in my high school wearing sid vicious shirts hell yes so the opening the, the, opening of this movie is just people getting shit stolen at a rapid rate, ain't it? Mm-hmm. And they shot this because they ran out of money. The original opening was kind of more extravagant and took place at night and uh, was like a, a shot of uh, New York City with like the ocean in front of it and then like their turtle shells pop up, which they kind of did in part two, like towards the end. But yeah, they couldn't shoot that. Yeah. What was you going to say before that, Zach? I was going to mention, remember like the the old school VHS of this had a, a commercial from like Pizza Hut at the beginning? Remember like yeah. back in the day when we weren't cynical about like, you know, product placement and like uh, like back then we'd see that and we were like, hell yeah, I want to get a pizza right now. Yeah, I, I got I to gotta say that this, this uh, movie, this enterprise here has some very, very bizarre product placement. Here's some Burger King product placement. But pretty oh, yeah. pretty much whenever they do pro- a pizza product placement in the movie, it's Domino's. But when the movie came exactly. out, all the merchandise and tie-ins was with Pizza Hut. Mm-hmm. They had, like, commercials. They had, you know, like, yeah. And, the, like, the movie Bless itself you, has their competition on it. That's funny. Yeah. Now, let's talk about this version of April O'Neil. This is actually my favorite version of April O'Neil because she pretty much changes in every... <laughs> turtle movie mm-hmm. that comes out i i like this actress uh whatever her name is judith whatever is it hope mm-hmm. is that who it is yeah um yeah i forgot what her last name is yeah oh yeah like she has a uh and i guess we should say too like but she has like a, a like a i don't know what you call it, like a relatable uh sensuality about her that i like yeah she looks very like she's just the girl next doorish yeah you when they recast her in part two, it was... Uh, Paige Turco, right? Yeah, exactly. Oh, I like Paige Same. Turco, too, but come on, man. Oh, exactly. we got a celebrity cameo, early appearance by The Rock. And by The Rock, I mean Sam Rockwell. Hell yes. At, the, at this point, he was hot off the uh, starring role in Clown House. Oh, man. Where <laughs> <laughs> they had to redub all their voices. Yeah, they did. They shot it with the convicted pedophile. Well, he wasn't convicted at that point. No, yeah, he, he was it. just getting rolling at that point. Exactly. So th- th- that's a good move. Like I like when superhero movies, or really any action movie, because Christian Bale did it too in one of his movies, uh, the Equilibrium movie, where you just start out the, the opening with the action scene that you don't even have to bother filming because it takes place in the dark. Yeah, I read that that was uh, a lot. Because they were running out of budget and they couldn't yeah. choreograph another fight scene. Yeah. And plus they had Sam Rockwell involved. Probably an insurance company wouldn't let him take too many blows to that beautiful, greasy face of his. Exactly. I gotta say it works, though. Because, like, just that moment of, like, seeing the sigh hit the light and then seeing Raphael peek out from underneath the little manhole cover there. Uh, I have to say, like, that, like, I, this movie's way better than even I remember it, and believe me, it's, like, one of my favorite comic book movies of all time, but, yeah, just something about it, man, it, it, instead of just blowing its load, like, right off the bat, like, it, it slowly inches you up, like, at this point, you, you haven't even really seen a turtle yet, and you're still on the edge mm-hmm. of your seat, you know what I mean? 
they're building it up. And then right here they do the little uh, freeze frame, which makes it fucking plays with you even more. Yeah, you see their shadows. And the shadows are awesome because the turtles look exactly how you expect them to. Mm-hmm. Do you know originally, like, whenever they first started, like, coming up with the idea to make this movie, they were actually going to do, like, a, a Roger Rabbit thing where, like, the actors were real and the turtles were animated or something. I'm glad they didn't do that, though, just because, honestly, I think the Jim Henson, uh, you know, suit company things there, like, I think I think they're, like, the best thing about this movie, in honesty. Mm-hmm. Because I, I know I know Michael Bay, well, they did do the Roger Rabbit in the remake, I guess, because Michael Bay brought out uh, China's finest uh, animation company to bring the turtles to life and make them 600 mm-hmm. pounds and all that. But there's something about when you see, like, your favorite hero... Like your favorite comic book cartoon hero, like physical, real. Mm-hmm. And yeah, in the comic books, they were uh, like four foot or something too. So yeah. like, yeah, so they kind of made they changed it for the movie so that yeah, yeah, it would've been harder to find all people like shorter people. Is is, is uh, like four four feet? Is that considered like a little person or like is that yeah. taller than a little person? I'm yeah. I'm pretty sure everybody like there, you gotta you gotta understand like there's there's uh, medical conditions too that classifies different things, but just the general overall generic term of little person I believe is reserved for anybody. I want to say four ten and under. So yeah, mm. yeah, but yeah. But yeah, like here they come home and they and they you know like you see how slick that was Zach how they slowly pan the camera over to see Splinter. I remember people were blown mm-hmm. away by how good Splinter looked too, and he's basically just a full puppet, like pretty much. Exactly, Splinter's dank AF. He is. Would yeah. you party with Splinter? Oh yeah, I would. I would do whatever uh, calisthenics or instructions he gave me for sure. Fucking like uh, make him crowd surf. Yeah. Like fucking make him like chug a beer. Like oh, I'm wasted. Yeah, like, that'd be dank. You know, he, you know, he parties because he's got that long. Even though he's a rat, he's got like that long goatee, that white goatee. <laughs> exactly. That's the fucking universal sign. I guess we should take a second here and talk about the voices. Um, it's like you have like uh, Robbie Wrist, who was like a child actor. If it's the dude I'm oh, thinking yeah. of. The kid yeah. from uh, Brady Bunch. Yep, yep. And then, like, he went on to become a voice, you know, when he grew up, he stopped playing kid roles. He did voiceovers. I, like, I think he's a perfect Michelangelo. He's great, yeah. And then, like, the biggest surprise that, like, I can't believe that they got or whatever, because he was having a lot of problems at the time, but I thought he was great, was I loved uh, Corey Feldman's voice as Donatello. Exactly, yeah. I, I always forget that he's not back in part two. It's like, yeah. it just... It's like it's a race from my memory. Like, oh, he's in all of them. And then whenever I watch it, I'm like, what the fuck? And then I remember all over again. Yeah, I have to say, this movie was my height of Ninja Turtles fandom. And then when the night, I remember the night I saw part two, I was so disappointed. Because uh, at the time, there was no internet and shit. I didn't know that there was a huge violence backlash to this movie. Like, to mm-hmm. me, this was like, oh, not only did they make a Turtles movie, but they made a badass because they had Golden Harvest make it. Who Doesn't Golden Harvest mostly make, like, kung fu movies and shit? Yeah, something like that. Yeah. So, like, I remember when I saw part two, like, I came home, I took my Turtles poster down. Like, I had a poster that was, like, the original illustrations. I guess we should real quick, uh, you know, touch on the different iterations of the Turtle. There was an original independent comic book, which, you know, 
got a certain amount of underground success, but it was actually very violent and and meant for adults. Oh, I love this mm-hmm. shot of the skateboarding where you see the guy's human hand fly by. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> but uh, yeah, like so the the underground comic was really for adults and super, uh, you know, super graphic, super violent. And then, like, somebody, I don't know who, like, got the idea, like, hey, we could turn this to a, a, a kid's thing. So then they did the cartoon and the toys, which then, and, you know, the, and then, like, well, I should say, when I say the cartoon, the four episode, I think it was, miniseries, then it became a regular cartoon. And, mm-hmm. yeah, the whole phenomenon, as you know, it was born, you know what I mean? Hell yeah. Did you say when you saw part two, you ran home and you took down your poster? Were you, like, Skippy? Yeah. Turn down the walls and shit. I was like, I can't even tell you. Not only did I take it down, but I took it all down, like all my toys, all my shit. Which, like, to be fair, like, you know, I was age wise, I was at the breaking point of, like, you know, not being in the turtles anymore, you know? Mm -hmm. But see, my fandom, like, grew because I remember catching, I want to say I was, like, roughly about 10 or 11 when the miniseries came on. And I just, like, was literally flipping channels. And caught the first episode right as it was coming on. Like, it was such a... Like, people don't understand, but Ninja Turtles was such a stealth launch, man. Like, it didn't really just, like, come out of nowhere. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, so, like, I caught that miniseries. And I'm like... It was, like, right around the time we were moving houses. And then, like, a couple months later, uh, I kept going to, uh, like, a drugstore. Because the, the original toys were made by Playmates, which were, like, were a tiny-ass company. So, like, we we're... I can't remember what it was. Like, a CVS, Rite Aid, whatever it was. Oh, I think it's actually a Walgreens now that I think about it, because that's who we had, like, around Cincinnati. By the way, this pizza looks nasty as hell. Yeah, it looked like it was left over from, like, three days ago. They just heated it up in the microwave or something. Yeah, but I remember I found the Turtles toys there, and it was, like, they were, like, on, like, not even an end cap, dude, but, like, a side cap that just had, like, uh, pegs or whatever. And the first oh, yeah. one, yeah, the first one I got was Raphael, and then I want to say the second one I got was either, I think it was Rocksteady, actually. But oh. I was like, we're seeing critters. You wouldn't watch yeah. critters. Where did they come up with this stuff? Yeah, exactly. The, the original one we did together. We I did. That's what brought us together. Exactly. And I was hoping. We, yeah, I was hoping we could do critters too, but uh, Scream Factory never mailed my box set out, so I just paid them and. Ah, oh, betas. <laughs> they are some fucking beta cucks. Exactly. I'm glad. I'm glad I'm not a paid sponsor, and I can say that they're beta cucks because they fucking are. <laughs> exactly. You know what's funny too is like uh, uh, people hate Critters Three. I always loved it. I don't know why. Probably, it might have been the first one I watched. I, I've actually never seen it all the way through. I've seen parts of it on cable and shit. It's the most blatant Gremlins ripoff, I'd say. See that I, that would actually make me probably like it more, to be honest with you. Mm-hmm. But yeah, like so, like uh, Critters came out in like what was it, Zach eighty five, eighty six, something like that. Yeah, for a while that was kind of a movie that uh, New Line Cinema always put in their other movies whenever they wanted to just show a random movie playing. Like it's on uh, that scene in uh, for, uh, Nightmare on Elm Street 3 with the mm-hmm. Walking to Primetime bitch. She's watching that for a second. That's so weird. It's like, were they just using it every time? Like, you think it would be more appropriate at the time that they made this that he would probably go see a Freddy movie, but I guess they didn't want kids to be like, oh, what's that poster? Can I see that movie? It, it, apparently uh in the script or whatever he was going to see the batman movie oh. and when he walks out he says like oh cool suit lame or no he says like good movie or cool car lame suit or something like that that actually would have been hilarious yeah but yeah so like i can't believe it's like so we're like 10 minutes in the movie and we should say Raphael. he talks like this hey mm-hmm. <laughs> Raphael. 
Yeah. The Brooklyn X. Yeah. He he's he's so upset over losing his knife that he uh, goes to see critters and then he runs into Casey Jones in the park. Yeah, why doesn't you just go to the store and buy another side? Exactly. Apparently this stunt coming up where uh Casey Jones throws him into the trash can mm-hmm. actually uh like the helmet the the turtle's wearing like actually caved in and broke his nose or something. Oh damn. And it was bad enough to where he had to like stop doing it, and the, that's when they got uh, the guy that played Kano in part two to come in and do the stunts for the rest of the movie. Nice, Cricket, you gotta understand what a crump it is. <laughs> Boom! Oh, <yeah. laughs> I always love that shot though, when like he's he's flying through the air though. Like I love how you can see how buff his legs are. Exactly, he fucking he he doesn't skip leg day. So I guess we should say like the way the turtles are. Well, first of all, I should say one thing that's kind of a bit of trivia a lot of people don't know is um the original turtles comic was in black and white so mm-hmm. like the only way when you read the black and white comic and it still was in black and white for years and years but the only way you would know is uh by the weapons they were holding in the comic that's the only way you ever know which one was which you know what i mean didn't they all have like a red bandana too at first once they started coloring the bandanas well yes and no so like the original run of the comics um which, you know, go for big money, even by that time when I figured, found out about them. Because, like, for the first couple years of Turtles, you know, whatever, Mania, I didn't realize that there was, like, the true underground version. So, mm-hmm. like, yeah, like, originally it was all black and white, and then they did, like, like these nice, like, uh, reprints that were basically, like, larger books in full color because the color, you know, making a full color would help it sell. So, yeah. like, years later they went back and recolored it, and they were like, oh, like... You know, like, what about the turtles bandana? And they're like, oh, just make it red. It wasn't mm-hmm. until they took the step to like being mainstream with the cartoon and the and the the uh, the comics or whatever. Uh, the or I should say the Archie comics and the cartoon, because mm-hmm. uh, later they did do kids friendly comics with the turtles. But then they were like, oh, we got to come up with the color scheme. So yeah, so like m- like my like whatever you know large ex- large edition graphic novel versions. I think they each. I think I have three or four, maybe five of them, of like the first, mm-hmm. whatever it was, 20 issues. Like, yeah, in those, they're in color, but yeah, all their bandanas are red. And like one of the covers, it was that poster I had on the wall. And the only difference mm-hmm. they changed with that poster was they, they made that poster, they made the co- they put the different colors, they weren't all red. But to, mm-hmm. to me, the turtles are all, they all wear red, like in my mind, you know what I mean? Oh yeah, I always love this this whole camera. So every time he puts his hand on him, I always think of like, use my strong hand. Yeah. He's got those weird ass fingers. Like, don't touch me with those. Fuck. I know the long rat finger. I gotta say though, like the whole relationship I mean, you wanna talk about some super acting motherfuckers. The, mm-hmm. this this splinter rat puppet, it acts better than most actual actors do today. Oh yes. Like it has so much gravitas in its voice when it speaks and it looks so frail and you know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. it, it doesn't have that like bouncy stick arm puppet look that you would expect. Like it, it passes, you know, like the turtles obviously pass for being real, you know, cause they're mm-hmm. guys in suits the way they move. But that thing, like if you look at Splinter's arms and shit, there's nobody in a suit cause it's too frail and skinny. You know what I mean? It's just all a big puppet. Right. Yeah. Like that's why you hardly ever see him walk or stand up, you know? Mm-hmm. Now they're talking about how, oh, oh, yeah, I don't know. I can't fucking get through to him. He's always disappearing and shit. And she's like, leave the kid alone. She's already done a story about kids doing this gang shit. She never for a second thinks he might be in on it. Yeah, the the, the Foot Clan in, in this version of the movie, you know, this movie verse version, 
it's basically like uh what was it like would you say oliver twist type thing mm-hmm. like how fagin had the army of kids stealing for him that's what they're doing whereas the foot clan and uh well the foot clan and like in the cartoon are like robots and shit but in the original yeah. comic it was just a legit japanese ninja clan you know mm-hmm. uh here the fun fact judith hong was actually never a uh, hog Hogue. Hogue. <laughs> I'd say probably Hogue. I don't know though. Yeah, she she was never asked back because apparently uh um she was uh particularly like uh, she was complaining of apparently mm-hmm. is what I'm reading. Uh, particularly about the six day schedule and the amount of violence in the movie. Now apparently wow. she did the movie because she had a kid that liked it. So like she, yeah, apparently like even Jim Henson and stuff were like they weren't like very keen on the violence in the movie and like yeah and uh yeah i guess that's why they never brought her back and apparently apparently like they uh, originally designed her to look more like she did in the cartoon with the the banana like yellow suit and like the big hair but apparently she saw the suit and was like hell no Mm. so uh they they, like came to an agreement and the the scene earlier where she's wearing the yellow uh uh raincoat was like a compromise I gotta say, I like I gotta, you know. Usually, I don't like people who don't who aren't like true to the the source material and shit. But um, I gotta say, I think I was with her on this because her version of April, like, you know, the turtles are the turtles. Like they can be the same in the cartoon as they are in the movie. But April, you gotta kind of make it like a, a a realistic, believable, fully fleshed out human. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Did you ever see the girl who played April on the side of the Ninja Turtles arcade game? Uh, on the first game? Yeah. Or uh, Turtles in Time? or The first game, where like yeah. it has like the cartoon turtles on it, but then it has a human April. I think so, yeah, a long time ago. Yeah, in the jumpsuit. She was hot. <laughs> I hope this is the first scene where she meets the foot. Yep. And I gotta say, too... Um... Cause like they like not right when the movie came out, but later on, like they made some movie versions of the toys. Do you ever have these act? They, like the turtles were actually made out of rubber. Like they like they were way cooler than the original toys. I didn't. I don't yeah. think so. I don't think I had all, all four of those. I had all four of the original, but the rubberized ones. I think I only had two or three. But they were cool because you could pose them better and they looked more real. But uh, mm-hmm. they, they also made like this version of the foot soldier. I had one or two of these. I always love the foot the way the foot, foot soldiers look in this one. Mm-hmm. It's probably the best. Yeah. yeah, they never made like commercially uh, like you can you can't buy those masks. I want one. Yeah, because they're they're almost like sp- black Spider Man type masks, but like the mm-hmm. eyes are just like uh, little mesh things. Like, but they're actually cool looking. Yeah, they look like uh, bugs or something. Yeah. Something about them. Raph gets his uh, size back here. Hell yes. Look at him kicking. See, and that's the thing, too, is, like, they could move in these suits. Like, I'm sure it wasn't easy. But... Oh, well, apparently, uh, they actually shot the, the scenes, like, the action scenes with the turtles at a different frame rate so that they, whenever it sped up, it looked like they were going faster because apparently they were pretty heavy and hard yeah. to move in. Well, I heard, too, uh, that the, uh, like, immediately, obviously, when you put it on, I, like, I think the suits weighed, like, over 60 pounds. But um, as soon mm-hmm. as the guys put them on, they started sweating, and, like, the suits just absorbed the sweat. Yeah. So, so it just got heavier and heavier, and, like, they were losing, like, massive amounts of weight and everything. Mm-hmm. But, like, Raph goes around in, like, this uh, trench coat disguise, which I always like. You think, at the very least, like, they could have 
you know, fit like a air conditioner in the backpack or something. Hell yeah. And uh, like, what's the point of the trench coat? Because like, as we saw, whenever he fucking flipped over that taxi driver, he was like, what the hell was that? And he's like, it's a big toy on a trench coat. They're not even fooled by it. No, they're not. And I want to say, I I get confused with who played the turtle in the suit and who did the voice. But like, I don't know if it was the voice guy or the guy in the suit, but the guy in the back of that cab, I think, was uh, one of the people who played Raphael. All the people uh, who did the inside the suit stuff have a cameo throughout the movie. Yeah. It's a a good way to reward them for their, uh, you know. Hell yeah, not like fucking what's his asshole name? Uh, fucking the guy that made Bad Boys and the new ones. He Michael was like, Bay. yeah, apparently they were treated like shit or something. I remember something about that. Yeah, like like uh, I remember seeing the pictures when they filmed it. Like they had guys in like janky, like half turtle, half mocap suits. Yeah, terrible. Yeah, and then they just CGI'd over that, obviously. But like, there was also like a weird thing too. Like with the Michael Bay one, like where at the last minute they changed the voice actors, or like I think that's why they got like Johnny Knoxville for like Leonardo and all that bullshit. Mm-hmm. I if it was me, like literally any version of a Turtles, you know, live action, whatever CGI cartoon, whatever, I would just get the four guys who did it for this. I would get Robbie Wrist, uh, what's the name? Uh, Hell yeah, Corey Feldman, Josh Pace. All of them. I would just get all those guys. You know why they call him Robbie Wrist, right? No. He's got the fastest wrist in the West. Like, apparently, like, he's he's broken records for making you come within, like, three seconds and shit. Wow. <laughs> he, now, he, see, that would be great if that was true, but it's not. No, it's not. Exactly. I thought this was a good scene, too, when April freaks out when she wakes up and sees all the turtles and stuff. Splinter. Mm-hmm. Did you know apparently uh, the longtime Quentin Tarantino editor, uh, Sally uh, Menke or whatever her name is, mm-hmm. apparently uh, this was her first time making a movie, and uh, so really? I guess she edited this. Wow. I always liked how these weird shots, like they're like layered in puppets on like green screen type shots. Like I always mm-hmm. liked the way Baby Splinter, like the turtles, they pretty much use real turtles except for the one shot where they show them like talking or whatever. But I always liked the little Splinter puppet. Apparently, like, this scene was shot on Super 8 film to give it, like, that kind of home movie look. Because, yeah. like, oh, I'm telling the story of the... That's pretty funny. Yeah, it's so low budge, but it's cool. This movie in general uh, is pretty, like... Uh, like, when you see it... And obviously, a lot of people now would say, oh, that that's a big disadvantage because we like digital bullshit. But, like, this movie being shot on film and low budget cheap film stock, like the whole thing all throughout, like it has like a level of graininess and grittiness to it. And the movie's not mm-hmm. shot like overly stylized, like a Joel Schumacher Batman movie or anything. So it kind of has almost like this weird documentary look that kind of like, it kind of, to me, it yeah. sells the reality of like all these guys in these suits and shit. Mm-hmm. I love how gritty this movie looks. Yeah. It kind of makes it. Apparently the the director got fired close to the end of uh of shooting because he was going like everybody was concerned he was going too dark with it. So See, it's hard telling what his original cut would have been too. That's so weird to me because like I don't know like like first of all the the whole ending uh with you know you know how they fight Shredder on the rooftop and all that like it's all kind of similar to to like I think it's around issue 4 
of the original comic book where they fight uh shredder like they fight the whole foot clan on the rooftop and then shredder comes and beats their ass and they like all have to like band together to beat them but like they literally like like uh they stab him and all this shit like leonardo puts the blades through his chest he's dying so he like shredder says basically fuck you all and pulls out like this grenade and like he mm-hmm. pulls the pin and like they end up knocking him off the building so he fought like he as he's falling off the side of the building he just explodes into a million pieces yeah and, uh, and that was the thing too like in the original comic book shredder was not a big baddie he, he no. was there for like one issue or two maybe and then yeah. they killed him like like i'd say the probably the the original four issue like story arc had to do with shredder and the foot clan and that was it yeah they must have like just decided when they made the cartoon that he was like a cool face to make toys out of and stuff yeah, yeah i think it just because i mean his costume looks exactly like how you think Shredder is, like he that look was all there. Like I would say in the comic book, he looked a cl- little more closer than he does to the movie version. But mm-hmm. I gotta say, like all this shit about it's too dark. Like there's so much humor. Like here, like there's so many scenes of the turtles just fucking around. And to me, they go, they go, oh, it's violence or whatever. I never thought the violence was all that. No. I mean, it's not, it's not super cartoony, but it's not super realistic either. It, it's, it's actual, you know, of the time. Um, you know, hand-to-hand martial arts fighting, but it's like, even like the sword shit, like Raphael and Leonardo, they never stab or cut anybody with their swords, mm-hmm. like at yeah. all. So yeah, I, I, don't, I don't get all the pussy whatever. I remember people saying, oh, my kids watch the turtle cartoon and they get violent. It's like, because it's, it's martial arts. It has nothing to do with the way they make the cartoon. You know what I mean? It's just like... Mm-hmm. Yeah, and uh, there was that whole thing about like overseas. The show was called like Teenage Mutant Hero Turtles because mm. they didn't want to use the word ninja or something. I guess too violent. Yeah, and that and, and that was the beginning of the beta cuck era in America. <laughs> the beta cucks. <laughs> we, oh, we, we got to make a prequel: the rise of the beta cucks. I love I love this right here. Look at Donatello. It looks like he's smiling. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he is. <laughs> Like he, they just walk in, find out that their home was like fucking ransacked, and they're yeah. getting ready to find out the splinter's gone. And he walks in with a big ass smile on his face, and, and it's like I stuck was, there too. Yeah, yeah. I, I read that apparently. Oh, this part right here where Donatello just starts screeching like an idiot. That's this scared the fuck out of me as a kid. Raph, not Donatello. Yeah, Raphael, yeah. yeah. But yeah, uh, that scene like uh, it always makes me think because apparently I was reading trivia that. Uh, because all the animatronics in their face, they would like a lot of times they got interference from like radio towers and stuff. Mm-hmm. So like a lot of times they'd be shooting a scene and their face would just start jittering like uncontrollably. Right. So I always like to think that, that that's like a scene that made it into the movie. Yeah, because the suits are amazing. It was like one of the first times they fit that much uh, electronics into like a wearable suit. You know, because because usually the the guy inside is seen through the bandana like there's a little slit there's like one part i, th- I want to say it's michelangelo later on you could you can't see the guy's eyes or nothing but you can see the slits kind of where they would see out yeah that scene uh whenever uh Raphael's in the bathtub and uh, they walk in and he's like oh it's a kodak moment and then he he laughs you can like if you pause it you can see the guy's face inside his mouth oh okay yeah i never noticed that yeah, yeah there's there's like yeah you should google like uh like faces in the mouths on like google for tmnt it's fucking weird because when i first saw it it's like one of those mandela effect things it's like that's not in the fucking movie this is a lie and then you go back and watch the movie and they are 
Yeah, we, we should say, for people not following along, uh, the foot soldier, uh, when uh, Raph saved April, the foot soldier followed them back through the sewers. That's how they found Splinter. Mm-hmm. I got a list here of people that were considered for the role of April O'Neil. There's some cool ones on here. Jennifer Beals, Marissa wow. Tomei, hell oh. yeah, Sandra Bullock, Nicole Kidman, Melanie Griffith, Sean Young, Lorraine uh, Bracco, Winona wow. Ryder, Brooke Shields. Uh, yeah, that's that's all of them. Hell yeah. I bet, I bet half of those they they ended up they considered, but they didn't. They probably didn't have the money to actually get them. <laughs> yeah, probably. I don't think they could have got Melanie Griffith. There were probably even Winona Ryder. Mm-hmm. Apparently, um, whenever she uh, got signed on to do this movie, uh, the, the lady playing April on uh, Cadillac Men. Oh. Cadillac Man, what's that movie called with uh, 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 Robin uh, Williams? Robin Williams and Robin Williams was a big fan of this, so he took her his uh, comic books to show her, like, oh, this is how April is and stuff like that. And then she looked at him and threw him in the trash and started complaining immediately. Hell yes, <laughs> she's like, I know how to do it. My uncle actually had that Elvis statue that's back there. Dog. Yeah, I get. I get to say, like. Even though it's like a throwaway part of the story, like I don't know why, like, but I always like the story of the the kid Danny, which is like, you know, he's the son of April O'Neil's boss, but he's like kind of our, you know, our narrative, a storytelling way of uh, getting inside the Foot Clan's headquarters and seeing what it's all about or whatever. See, that's why he's stealing shit because his dad only bought him one shirt. He's like, wearing the same shirt now. He's steal. I, like, I always like this thing with this. I think I think this is actually the best MC Hammer song too. Uh, oh yeah. Damn, I'm blanking on the, what the name of it is. Uh, um, it's my it's body. my time. It's, it's my time. Yeah. Do what I want to. Pump it up, party. Like it's way better than like you can't touch this and shit because he's like actually rapping in this. Mm-hmm. But um. Yeah, I always like the scene of the kids smoking cigars and gambling and shit. I thought it was cool. Oh, yes. See, we all wanted to hang out at the Foot Clan meetings. Yeah, I always thought this lair they constructed with, like, the, the skateboard ramps, with, the, you know, the video games. Now, here's Sam Rockwell. He's probably his biggest. I mean, he's he's got a few scenes, but this is, like, his biggest moment of dialogue, I think. He's He's super. He's fully greased. With his, yeah. uh, his, his, he's glistening. Yeah, with his patchy mustache and that dirty ass white t shirt. Oh my God. Now he brings these guys in. He's like, oh yeah, we can basically do anything we want. And they're like, you got any cigarettes? What a beta. Why didn't he ask for Coke? <laughs> Why didn't he ask, where are the girls? <laughs> <laughs> it's a sausage fest in here. Yeah. I always like to that. go play. Go play. It's like the fingers moment <laughs> movement he has. <laughs> like, whoa, rod and play. When you see a guy that scary, with that scary voice, tell you to go play, you go play. Yeah, I'd go play all night long after seeing that. Now, this is like when the boys get older, they start training them in jiu-jitsu. Uh, ninjutsu, I should say. And, uh, mm-hmm. yeah. I'm blanking on this dude's name. I knew it the other night. What, what's the, the second-in-command guy's name? Do you know, Zach? Um, yeah. I forget. They only say it, like, uh, one time in the movie. Yeah. Yeah. I can find it. Yeah, but but uh, yeah, like 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 how many foot soldiers are actually making it through the training program if they got to fight this guy on a regular basis? Like, wouldn't you just after this guy kicked your ass once, wouldn't you just leave the Foot Clan headquarters, go back home? Mm-hmm. His name's Tatsu. Yeah, Master. The guy just said it, Master Tatsu. That's what it is. As soon as I find it, the motherfucker says it. I know. 
See, Sorry. I blame the the, ed, the editor of this movie, the guy that freaking hangs out, with, or the girl that hangs out with Tarantino. She fucked me on that one. Yeah. They, the parents probably didn't like that scene either. That kid was just putting his cigarette out on the thing. Probably didn't like mm-hmm. kids smoking in a kid's movie. But see, that's what I'm saying. Like, I just, I feel like, you know, I'm just lucky that I got to enjoy Turtles as a kid. And then, like, you know, like when I was like 10, 11, and then like a couple years later, by the time this movie came out, I was 12 or 13. So I was like that age of like an early teen to where like this was still like a really cool movie to me. You know what I mean? Hell yeah! His cape looks like it's made out of fucking tin foil and like a trash bag. Yeah, it looks like a uh, like a zebra pattern, but like the black stripes are like made out of tin foil or something. Hell yes! I gotta say though, the helmet is donk. It is, and they call him a can opener in the movie. But like, that's a nice thing to have if you if you need to open a can and don't have one, just take mm-hmm. your fucking helmet off and cut it open with that. Yeah. Because, you know, they show it later in the, in the thing, but the reason he wears a mask is he's terribly disfigured, ain't he? <laughs> terribly. Terribly. He got fucking scratched by a rat. Yeah. I always love the scene, though, where, like, Tatsu pulls back the cape slowly to reveal, like, the spikes on his shoulder. I don't know why. I always thought that was badass. Oh, yes. Fucking and I, shoulder pads. Yeah, and I have to say, like, not only just the direct sequels to this, but even, like, the Michael Bay modern ones. I think, I, I don't think there's ever been a um, Turtles movie, like, as serious and badass and cool as this. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I think this way. I mean, we, 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 I guess we touched on it. What do you think of the Michael Bay ones? Man, uh, the first one, I was very, like, eh, man, it's okay. Like, uh, I never had a, like, it wasn't, I, I remember being so, like, I had such little expectations that when I finally saw it, I was like, oh, it wasn't as bad as I figured it'd be. And then the second one, I watched it, but I couldn't fucking tell you a single thing that happened in it. I forgot yeah. everything within, like, a week after watching it. Yeah, like, I didn't have any high hopes for it, just because it was, it was Michael Bay, and then there was the drama where at first he wanted to turn them into aliens and all that shit. Mm-hmm. But like when I, you know, I saw the first one he did, and I saw it in the theater, and it was kind of like, you know, this ain't for me, you know, mm-hmm. just like how I was a huge Transformers fan as a kid, and then I went to see the movie, and I go, oh, this ain't for me. This is like for like beer swilling, like mm-hmm. <laughs> you, you know what I mean, truck driving yeah. <laughs> type of guys, and like that's how I felt about the Turtles movies. I'm like, oh, this is. It wasn't even like I saw the Turtles movies. And I was like, oh, this is just for kids, and I'm older. I was like, no, this is for a certain demographic, like. This is for a demographic that, like, you know, doesn't really like action movies, doesn't really, you know, like comic books. This is just, like, for the dumb movie audience, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And then, like, the second one came out, and so many people were like, oh, it's got Bebop and Rocksteady. It's so true to the original whatever. And, like, I was like, I, yeah. I was like, I was like I'll wait for video. So I waited for video. I watched it once. I'm like, yeah, like, I don't need to ever own these or buy these or whatever, like... I was somewhat like, hey, we're going to see Krang for the first time in movie form and yeah. all this stuff. And it was just like, yeah, I forgot about the movie as soon as I watched it. Did you know uh, you, you know how uh, Nickelodeon had their own little uh, show going on yeah. when the new ones were coming out? Did you ever see that episode where they cross-dimensioned them? Like where the, no. the new guys met, like, met the original Turtle cartoon Mm-mm. versions? Yeah, I was never yeah. into those like Nickelodeon versions because I couldn't stand the way they looked, to be honest with you. I have like the first season of it, and I've still never watched it. I forget who gave it to me. Yeah, I was going to check it out. Yeah, like uh, I did see that episode. They had like the original Krang and the new Krang. 
uh, Gilbert Goffrey does the new Krang. It was, mm. it was I remember uh, like uh, for a while, like they're the, the new versions are animated, like, you know, the old style. And then later on, I think the old style like is animated like CG, like the new ones. It was interesting. Yeah. They got, all, they got all the original voice actors and stuff. I gotta say too, because I I kept going back and rereading all my comics, and I even like had like a handful of issues of the Archie type comics. Like, I don't know, like to me, like it just was never the same once you like you know, once we got out of the original era, I guess you should say. Mm-hmm. Do you remember a scene in this movie where uh, Tatsu attacks uh, a kid and like beats him up? Uh, just during that training scene that we saw, but that was it. Okay, yeah, yeah. I couldn't remember it, but it says that uh, originally the kid was supposed to die from getting beaten up so bad, but they had him cut it out of the American version. And uh, it says in the French version of the movie, uh, the kid does die. Right. In the French version, the kid does die with all the, the turtles chain smoke and drink wine. Oh, yes. Yeah. It's kind of funny, though, because, like, you know how, like, that one scene Donatello was just smiling? It's like you can almost tell the scenes where they're just, like, they're wearing the stunt suits because the the mouths never move. You know what I mean? And then the, mm-hmm. the dialogue scenes like this. Like, I got to say, like, when I saw this, and, like, I, I get anything now practical just looks old and dumb to people because it's like, oh, it's a guy in a rubber suit. That's so dumb. That's so lame. Bring in the CGI. But I got to say, even as like, you know, I guess like an early teen, preteen, whatever I was when I saw this movie, like that sense of like magic of like, oh, my God, it's the turtles and they're real. Like they're actually in the real world. And like all those scenes of when they're blinking and their mouths are moving, you can see their teeth and shit, even though it's not like probably the most realistic suit. Like it doesn't exactly look the way like the Predator does or the alien does or whatever in those movies. But it's still, like, I don't know. Like, I just think they they hit something perfect here of, like, it's still a little cartoonish, but it looks real. You know what I mean? Like, like they made the mm-hmm. turtles just ugly enough to where they looked real, you know? Hell yeah. Exactly. I agree. And just like this, of, like, Donatello and uh, Michelangelo, like, uh, watching the um, cartoon or whatever. And, like, they got so much personality to them. You know what I mean? Like, they seem like real characters. Oh, Yes. They're turtle shells. They got the they got the six pack going. Yeah, they got I some guess... nice cum gutters. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I'm fucking terrible. <laughs> yeah, I was gonna say something equally worse, but but I was just gonna say uh, the thing too. Like when you first start watching the movie. Like, they kind of all look the same, but as the movie goes on and you get more of the close-ups and the dialogue scenes, like, you start to notice the differences in the suits, like, the way that their front shells are, and then their back shells, like, all have different scars on them, and then their faces are different. Like, Raphael definitely has, like, the widest, chubbier face, you know what I mean? And, like, Michelangelo kind of looks like the the smallest, youngest one out of them all. I'd say Donatello and Leonardo are are roughly about, like, the same size and stuff, but... uh, So, so we, 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 I guess we got to ask too, um, and I got like the biggest cop out answer of them all. Uh, but, uh, who was your favorite turtle? As a kid, mine was always Raphael. And, uh, like later on, I started liking Donatello. And now for some reason, I, I still like say, like, yeah, you know, Donatello and Raphael. 
Yeah, for me, it was, um, it was, uh, like when I first started, whatever the kids' version, I guess it was Michelangelo. Mm-hmm. And then and then I started getting more into Leonardo like through the cartoon because he was like kind of like the leader. I liked his personality. And then like and then I really got into Donatello just because of his weapon, but like by the time this movie came out, like this movie like really some and also combination of this movie and reading the original comic cuz the in the original comic book Raphael is pretty much just like he is in this movie. He's like the biggest hothead. And, like, he mm-hmm. always gets beat up because he goes and fights the foot by himself and stuff. Mm-hmm. But, uh, yeah, this movie and the, reading the original comic books, yeah, like, I, it pretty much switched me to Raphael's by far my favorite. Yeah. So you liked Donatello, too, as a kid. Yeah. And you had to because fucking he was the only guy that could beat fucking uh, Bebop in, that, in the NES game with his long-ass stick. Yeah. Them video games. Jump on that fucking uh, big crate and just fucking hit him as he ducked, which didn't make any sense. Yeah, I only played the Turtles arcade game like a few times back in the day. Okay, I'm talking about the NES one. I know. And then I got the NES one and I hated that game because it was so fucking hard and monotonous. Exactly. (laughs) But they had a Game Boy game. I think it was called Follow the Foot Clan. And that mm-hmm. ge- that's the one I played the most. I I like even now I can go through and beat it. Like it's it's like a lot shorter and a lot easier. But that was the funnest one, the Game Boy did, game. Did you play the Turtles in Time for Super Nintendo? No, I never had Super Nintendo. I had Genesis. Oh, that's the one everybody loved. It was fun. It was different than the arcade version. It was completely different. Yeah, I played the arcade version a couple times. Yeah, and the fucking uh, the console version. Not only did you get to fight Bebop and Rocksteady, you got to fight Token Razor also. Really? Yeah. There was one of them too where you you, you got to fight Baxter Stockman. Like I know you got to fight him in the Game Boy game, but I thought there was yep. one of those console versions you got to fight him too. Yeah, you got to fight him in uh in Turtles in Time, both versions. He's like the first boss uh, guy, I think. I think it's because Golden Harvest made this movie. That's why the action is so good. Like, if if just a straight up American production company made it, I think I think like the turtles would have just like not really fought. You know what I mean? Like they just would have been like fucking slapping mm-hmm. them and shit. But see, like this, like uh, Donatello gets his head in the fishbowl and then he spits the water. Like this is still for kids. It still has the comedy. Like it's not that like brutal. Like they're just punching and kicking and hitting people with sticks and shit. Mm-hmm. I don't the get beta cucks. Fucking beta cucks. Exactly. Yeah, like, I mean, I still like the cheesy stuff about part two. You know, like, once that initial disappointment wore off, you know, I like Toka and Razor, and I like uh, Ninja Rap. And I mean, don't get me wrong, but it's just like, like, once I saw what they did with the turtles, and it's like so obvious that they're not allowed to use their weapons. Like, once, like, Michelangelo is like, fucking hitting guys with pepperoni sticks and shit it's just like it's just like this sucks you know what i mean combat cold cuts so like if i was like 12 or 13 when this came out um i guess i was still 12 i was probably a couple months away from turning 13 so then i was probably 14 or 15 when part two came out so like that's when i was just like fuck this is baby beta cuck bullshit you know what i mean Mm -hmm. See, I was probably around your age, like your age during the first movie when the second one came out, maybe. Yeah. You know what's funny, too, is uh, as a kid, I loved part three also. 
You, you know what? Because I, I hated part two or whatever. And then, like, we still went to see part three just to see something, you know, just like whatever. And uh, yeah, I didn't really mind part three because, like, my, I guess my expectations had been, like, whatever. Like, I, I, I expected a kid's movie. And to me, part three, everybody talks shit about how terrible it is and stuff. And then, like, I admit it's by far the weakest one of the three. But like just to, the way the fucking turtles look is garbage. <laughs> it is, but it's like it, it, it's. I I don't. Was Jim Henson shopped even doing the thing anymore, or was there somebody else? This is the last movie Jim Henson did before he died. This this one right here. Yeah, so, I, know, uh, I know he died like right after the premiere of this movie, but yeah, like, but but it, at least it reminded me more of a kids movie. Like I can watch three as like a kids movie, you know what I mean? But it's. It's yeah. It, it's like this is like part two pussied out so much where you can't really claim it either. Like part two just seems like a regular Jim Henson type movie, like Labyrinth or whatever. But like yeah. to me, Turtles movies should be action movies, like comic book yeah. action movies. That's what they should be. And um, yeah, to me, this is like by far the best and only. To me, this is like the only thing that even like remotely reflects the original comic. You know what I mean? Yeah, I'm not sure if Jim Henson's Creature Shop did the third one. I'd assume, like, if they did, they'd probably want to scrub it and forget it ever happened. Like, they wouldn't yeah. admit it now. They, uh, because they, yeah, the suits got, like, more basic looking, and, like, I don't think the facial, whatever. Yeah, was. the animatronics moved, like, really goofy. Yeah, they must one have got somebody liked, cheaper for that. Yeah, one thing I liked about it, though, was that it had the return of Casey Jones. It did. I liked that, too. I, I just liked the time travel aspect, or whatever it was, because, like, just seeing the turtles in the samurai gear and shit, like, I just, I liked that they did something different with it. Yeah, the masks they wore were cool. Mm-hmm. Uh, while we're talking about Casey Jones, I have a list of people that were considered for Casey Jones. Oh, I'd love to hear that. Yeah, Johnny Depp, Keanu Reeves, the fucking Reeves himself. Oh, shit, baby. Christian Slater, Lou Diamond Phillips, Emilio Estevez, Kiefer Sutherland, Jason Patrick, Brian Austin Green, Alex Winter, Bill and Ted, Ted were considered. Wow. Gary Daniels, River Phoenix. Dang. Yeah. I, I, about half those names, I don't think they could have afforded, to be honest mm-hmm. with you, even at that time. Elias Coteus, is that his name? Yep. He's either, great in this movie. Yeah. He is. He is great. I like him a lot. Um, you ever see his real piece de resistance is uh, David Cronenberg's Crash? You ever see that? I have seen that a long time ago. I don't remember him in it, though. Yeah, I, if I'm remembering correctly, he's the guy that uh, James Spader cornholes in the back of the car. Dog. I heard that's getting a 4K release overseas. I, I'm, I'm, I'm importing the shit out of that. Oh, yeah. Look at look at Shredder just uh, punching the shit out of uh, Splinter. No, I gotta say we all know the backstory. Splinter, when he was a baby, like an actual rat-sized rat, he ju- he jumped up and uh, attached uh, Shredder's face. Mm-hmm. Like, like the, the. But in the story, though, at this point, though, Shredder doesn't know that's the rat, right? Like, um. Yeah. I don't know. He acts yeah, like he maybe. doesn't know, because wouldn't he kill him immediately if he knew it was Splinter? Like, you know what I mean? Maybe, yeah. And the, they changed one thing in the movie. Uh, in the cartoon, or or in this, in this uh, uh, Splinter's, uh, like, uh, his owner was uh, Hamato Yoshi. And in the cartoon, Splinter is Hamato Yoshi. They, they changed it. He, like, he cursed him and turned him into a rat. 
That's right. Was that was the comic book different, or was it one of yeah, the two? I thought in the comic book he was he was like that the like he is in this. He was the rat. Yeah, I did. Re- I, I think they did say that that they were trying to be more like the comic book than the than the cartoon. I'm not gonna lie. I think that's a beta cuck move to make Hamato Yoshi. I th- I, th- I think for the cartoon they just didn't want to um, admit that Hamato Yoshi got killed. Probably, yeah. And his wife. Mm-hmm. See what a fucking uh, Shredder had sex with his wife and made Hamato Yoshi a cuck. He did. That wouldn't be fun. It would be. See, as a kid, I always felt bad for Splinter here. Like he, he, he kind of looks like a, he's a, he's a, he's a little cute dog almost. You just want to pet him. Yeah, in both the original comics and live action movies, Splinter is the pet rat of a ninja named Hamato Yoshi in Japan. Oh yes. Intelligent for his species, Splinter is able to learn jiu-jitsu art by mimicking his master moves. I don't know why. I don't know if that that line of dialogue was on the soundtrack or what, because I had the soundtrack taped to this. But I always have that burn in my brain when Splinter's like, mimicking his movements, I learned the art of ninjutsu. <laughs> <laughs> it's funny watching him, like, watching a fucking rat doing the ninja stuff. And I know. But, dead. like, I don't know, man. Like, I'm not going to lie. Like, like, this scene right here is Splinter. To me... Not only does that look more real, obviously, but it looks better than the CGI dog shit they do now. Like, I don't get why we just can't do this again. Exactly, yeah. Like, like the Henson shop still exists because they just did that, what was it, the Dark Crystal series for Netflix. Mm-hmm. Remember, uh, did you ever watch, like, the Sci-Fi Channel? Remember how they had that show Face Off where it was like, yep. we're doing practical effects. But then they had another one. With the Jim Henson Creature FX Studio, where they were doing shit like that, I think yeah. that one lasted like a season. Yeah, I, I was excited. I, yeah, I was excited. I was like, "Oh shit, are they going to bring this stuff back? Are they going to start doing this again?" Yeah, and yeah, you never see it. Well, it's always like J.J. Uh, Abrams when he makes a Star Wars movie. He's like, he's like, for the marketing, we will create a video that we will put online a year before the movie comes out, where we brag about all of our practical effects, and then when you see the final movie. 70% of the practical effects we CGI'd over with. Motherfucker. <laughs> I know. What a beta. That would be the worst beta cut thing if the next version of Ninja Turtles uh, movies were made by J.J. Abrams. Like, they, just, <laughs> they just keep handing the series over to the biggest name beta cucks I can. <laughs> yeah, like, I've only seen, like, maybe two or three of his movies. And I remember liking Super 8. And I also liked uh, fucking uh, Cloverfield uh, Avenue, the the one with Mary Elizabeth in there, yeah, with uh, John Goodman. But yeah, like uh, I remember a lot of people hated the ending of that, but uh, it was like, uh, it's fine. Like it probably would have worked better if it didn't end like that, but I I, I assumed it would because it's a fucking Cloverfield tie-in or whatever. Well, JJ's a guy too, where he loves to put his name on stuff that he doesn't actually make. So. Yeah, apparently, <laughs> and, and anything yeah. that comes out of his company, he takes the credit for. So, I mean, I, he he actually didn't direct any of the Cloverfield movies. So, mm-hmm. apparently, like he put his name on that and just had him change the ending. So, yeah, yeah apparently, if he wasn't involved, it probably would have been a better movie. Yeah, anything without him is a better movie. Yeah, and I'm not just saying that just to be an asshole. I mean, just think about it. You know what I mean. 
I always like this touch too that April draws the portraits of the turtles. I guess we should say that the uh, storytelling of this movie is very basic, but I think it actually works. It keeps the movie flowing. Like, like this is the intentional like slowdown period of the movie because you know they got beat by the Foot Clan and all that. Uh, April's mm-hmm. um, well, really her building because she owned the junk shop down below and the apartment of, above. So like her whole building got burned down by the Foot Clan. So like they regroup in this country home. And I gotta say, like, even though this is supposed to be, like, the quote-unquote slow part of the movie, like, it's actually, like, really entertaining. Mm-hmm. Now, basically, at the lowest here, they lost Splinter. They came in and kidnapped him. Mm-hmm. And then they burned down April's house. They have they basically go somewhere and hide out and just recoup for a little bit. And apparently, like, there was a bunch of deleted scenes, and they're mostly from this middle section at the farmhouse. Apparently, like I never noticed, but in this final cut, uh, Michelangelo doesn't say a word the entire time they're in this farmhouse. It's probably because all he ever does is provide hijinks, and like this was yeah. the part where they needed to be serious, finally. Yeah, I read a list of some of the deleted scenes, and there were scenes where he was, where like they were on, like he was in there talking and stuff, but yeah, I think in this final cut, he doesn't say anything here. Uh uh-uh. Like, basically, Raph is, like, half-dead in the bathtub healing. Leo watches over him. Donatello and uh, Casey Jones become friends. And at the same time, Casey and uh, April start having some sexual tension. Yeah, there was some more of that that got cut out. Like, she, uh, like uh, here she's, like, drawing all these pictures. And apparently she drew one of, uh, of Casey Jones also. And one. And, like, at some point he finds it and they, like bond over that or something it was before this even happens i think i always love this scene with casey in the swing like i don't like i mean i'm sure it was planned but like when the swing breaks like he fucking like has the greatest reaction like he doesn't know it's coming oh did you see his bulge there (laughs) no i wasn't looking for it a nice bulge i was looking for uh, april's bulge I gotta say, too, as far as, like, wig making in movies go, it's usually pretty bad, but I'm, like, 99% sure that this was a wig that he had to wear for Casey Jones, because, like, if you see any other movie he's in, like, his hair never looks anything like this hair, but it looks real. Yeah. Like, even has the part kind of down the middle and everything. I want to get a wig like that. It'd be funny. Like, I've been thinking about funny uh, visual gags I can do for our YouTube channel. That was one I thought of. Just get a super long wig like that. Yeah. Here's here's that here's that line I said at the beginning. I always yeah. laugh at this. I guess <laughs> I guess you gotta yeah. What's a guy gotta do to get some food? What's a guy gotta do with some food around here? What's a guy gotta do? He wants some food. Bring some food. Got, his voice is all high pitched. There, it's dank. I know. You should have talked like that through the whole movie. Yeah. Way more intimidating. Yeah, Leo has kind of a funny voice. <laughs> exactly. I like how the tub's completely dry, so they they were just keeping him in a dry tub for no reason. Mm-hmm. I'm reading that Baxter Stockman was originally one of the side villains in an early draft of this one, this movie. That would have been donk. Because this movie's oh, pretty yeah. lean. You could have put a, extra, a little bit more fat onto it. Hell yeah. Oh, there it is. Did you see his face? Nah, I was looking for it. I still didn't see Oh, well, no, Donatello, you can see his mouth. I guess it's, it's special he, stunt. It, hits, yeah, yeah. It's, it's whenever he does that, like, ah. Ah. 
weird. It, it's weird. It, it like makes all your dreams like crash and burn. Like everything you believe as a kid is just dead when you notice that. I'm gonna have to Google that when we're done recording here. It's like, like yeah, I was looking at. Yeah, I was looking at those pictures. I was like, that bullshit. Fucking, they're not people in costumes. Those are real fucking mutant turtles in that movie. Fucking Beta Cucks lying to me. Beta Cucks will lie to you. I don't really, it's kind of a weird episode. Cause, you know, a movie like like this, uh, we'll probably get like a lot of those, like, as Aaron calls them, those flyby listeners. And people oh, yeah. would be like, I just wanted to hear a movie or uh, a podcast about the movie Ninja Turtles. And all I heard about was Beta Cucks the whole time. Exactly. They don't believe the baby. They're trying to lie to no. you and make you think that these are guys in costumes and shit. Well, the worst thing about I think about beta cucks, Zach, is beta cucks will try to exist to tell you that beta cucks in general do not exist and that they're normal people. But we know they're beta cucks. Oh yeah. If, if you if you're watching a PG thirteen turtle movie and you say it's too violent, <sighs> I won't even say you might be a beta cuck. I'm saying you're definitely a beta cuck. Oh yes. We talked over the only scene where fucking uh, where Michelangelo or uh, or is it Raphael? He's wearing like that weird ass straw hat. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Apparently, there were some deleted scenes with the hat. Hopefully, was... one that explained the origin of the hat. I needed to know. He probably found it in a closet. Exactly. Yeah, I always thought April was sexy in the scene with her no bra shirt on. Hell yes. See that'd be great if he stole that hat from fucking Splinter. Like Splinter wears yeah. it sometimes. It was Splinter's hat. Hell yeah. Splinter. He's the fucking man. <laughs> when Splinter goes line dancing. Hell yeah. Because Raph dresses like uh, when Raph wears his uh, whatever disguise, he dresses like Humphrey Bogart from the forties. But when Splinter wants to go out of the fucking sewer, he he, he gets ready for country western line dancing. Hell yeah. Turtle Wax. The goofiest moment of the entire movie, but I still like it. Exactly. Hey, funny Mikey. Le- Leonardo's got some good brooding going on in this movie, man. Mm-hmm. I think after this is where they do the scene where they sit around the campfire, ain't it? Yeah. Yeah. We're already almost through the second act of the movie where they're... They're at this farmhouse. Yeah, when I was watching this other night, because I've been plowing through a lot of movies lately, Zach, and a lot of times I start them too late, so I, I got to watch half of it and then watch the other half the next night. Mm-hmm. I thought this was going to be a situation, and like next thing I knew, the movie was like almost over, and I just ended up watching yeah. it all at once. Mm-hmm. I got a, a kind of a fun fact here. It says, in the 80s, the first pitch uh, for this movie uh it was from uh, Schlockmeister Roger Corman's New World Pictures. Oh. The idea was to have the Turtles played by four comedians who were popular at the time, and they were Gallagher, Sam Kennison, Bobcat Goldthwait, and Billy Crystal. The actors would be dressed in turtle shells and have their arms and legs painted green. Another treatment received at the time uh, what at the time took Turtles into R-rated territory and included a scene with per- partially nude nuns on roller skates fighting the heroes oh my god yeah are you do you happen to be a roger corman aficionado zach oh man uh there's some things that like uh didn't he have something to do with like munchie and stuff like that yeah yeah like i like his stupid little like kind of aimed at kids movies Mm. like yeah like i never really like uh, well, they, he did the fa- the Fantastic Four. I never yeah. saw that. 
a lot of his stuff I just kind of never saw. Yeah, I gotta say, for as far as Roger Corman shit goes, like the best stuff that carries his name was stuff was just movies that his studios put out at the time where he let other people like you can see up Raph's eye slits right there. Pretty much all their eye slits you can see in this shot. But um where he just like gave people X amount of dollars and let them run free and make their own movie, like that shit was good. Anything where he had a creative hand in, like a, a lot, especially after a certain, I'd say after a certain time period, like probably like, geez, probably like the mid eighties, like from then on, anything with Roger Corman's name, especially anything he written or produced, like it was, it was brutal. Mm-hmm. I'm glad he didn't get the fuck up the turtles. Oh yeah. You know, in a in a weird way, as fucked up as all the sequels and remakes were of Turtles, like I'm glad that they're at least the original. Like that means a lot when the original movie can be good. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Isn't it kind of funny? Like as a kid, um, for some reason, like at least for me, I always gravitated towards the sequels of things. Mm-hmm. And I, I know my logic was like, oh yeah. In the original, like, uh, there's always that time where you got to kind of warm the audience up to the to the creatures. So, yeah. like, in, in the like in the sequels, they're always right front and center, right from the right. beginning. So you have more time with these creatures. Yep. Like, yeah, I always remember thinking that as a kid, but like as an adult, it's like, yeah, like what what were you thinking? Like, oh, the the sequel, the sequels always just let's redo the first one, pretty much. Yeah, like because that's what they even always tell you. All origins are certain. They try to sell you now not to do like true origin stories for like superhero shits because they're like, mm-hmm. oh, super, oh, origin is so hard to establish. Blah blah. With a sequel, you just hit the ground running. It like that's what they always claim, and in theory, it sounds perfect. But yeah, what's funny is usually when you watch the part two of a lot of different movies, you realize, oh, yeah, we actually don't have anything, and we're just going to do little things that remind you of the first movie in some way, and then we're going to, you know, just kind of wrap it up at the end, and... uh... Yeah, like it, I remember, like you were a big fan of the, or you weren't a big fan of Sam Raimi's uh, Spider-Man. Like, Uh -uh. do you like the newer ones where they don't bother with the fucking origin story? Uh, no, I, I, t- t- okay, no, I, I, I hate the new ones. Oh, okay. Uh, I, my favorite one is the first Andrew Garfield one. Mm. And then I like the sec, or I like the first half of the second Andrew Garfield one. And then it, it goes really fucky once, uh, the Green Goblin shows up. But no, the new ones are terrible because you have no idea, the ones with Tom Holland, you have no idea, like, what happened. Like, is Aunt May, like, a widow? Is she... And I, I remember Bird or somebody was trying to explain to me, like, oh, they don't need to do that. Yeah, there's a line... Everybody claims there's these lines hidden in these movies that reference, oh, Aunt May's going through a hard time. Oh, blah, blah. To me, there was never an Uncle Ben in those new ones. Because, like, mm-hmm. even if you're not directly, like, mentioning it or whatever, like, you still got to play the emotional afterthought of it. And Marissa Tomei is never sad for one fucking second in any of those movies she appears in. So it's like, they're just slap-ass, happy-go-lucky, sell-out fucking movies to me. Like, I... Especially the last one, the the Far From Home one. Um, yeah, I haven't seen that one yet. Yeah, it's just like a lot... It, it, don't get me wrong, it's not like a terrible, terrible movie. But it's like... It feels like a movie that, like, they... I mean, obviously they didn't 
do this, but it feels like a movie that was made in two weeks with no fucking story. It's like, oh, he goes on a trip, and every town the the class trip visits, there's a monster attacking that he has to fight. Like, it's so like fucking like. And then, and then of course they 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 you know you think this is like kind of like almost like a one off random story with a new villain, and then nope, it all ties back into the MCU, you know, through past movies and whatever. And I'm like, to me, that's weak storytelling. You know what I mean? Uh-huh. Yeah, I can see that. Oh, uh, there was uh, these uh, these pictures she's drawing. Um, mm-hmm. There was like a tie-in at the end. In the original ending, she was like visiting uh, like a comic book uh, like studio and pitching the idea for the comic book, Teenage Mutant wow. Ninja Turtles. And she's with the the kid here. I forget his name. But like, yeah, yeah. She they show it to the the guy running it. And he's like, oh, it's this. Uh, these hero turtles are just too uh, far fetched, and like uh, <laughs> the turtles are are watching from outside the window, and like uh, Michelangelo falls down, and uh, yeah, I sent you that. Uh, it's basically like it, it's got the original actors in the suits, their mm-hmm. voices, so it's kind of weird to watch. Yeah, I sent you that. And, and and then uh, I'll take a look at it. But uh, I heard there, I heard there's there's even an original, more original version of that scene, Zach, where um, the guy that has no imagination and never thinks the turtles will work is uh, they 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 pan back the camera and you see the name tag on his desk and it's Kevin Feige. <laughs> Hell yes! Like I forgot to mention it. And also too, because I'm watching it on the seven inch screen now. But I totally, no- totally noticed it when I was watching it on my big screen TV the other night. Zach is um, like when they pulled Danny out of like the closet, like the those floppy red things, like that's like a stuffed animal version of the Noid from Domino's. Yeah. And then also on the Ninja Turtles TV, they have like a little figure of the Noid stuck on there too. Yeah, see, they were shilling for fucking Domino's hardcore, and then fucking Pizza Hut comes and like, oh, we'll yeah. see, we'll fucking uh, you know publish and like you know advertise the movie, and the movie has their fucking their biggest competition of the time in there. Like That's how funny. how the fuck does that work? Like did Domino's money just run out once they stopped filming? Because like because like and also too the the pizza that turned all green that Danny had down there that rotted that was also a Domino's pizza so like the only time you ever see pizza really in this thing is like Domino's like I know April mm-hmm. says she has some frozen pizza but they never show the brand or anything of that there's so much yeah. Domino's and then that, that'd be like if you were like watching a movie Zach and everybody like into the camera was holding up cans of coke drinking it and then when the movie came out it was like Pepsi commercials for it you know what I mean <laughs> like it makes no it freaking is. sense it's pretty funny actually to think about but it's it's great it's great uh, strategy from the filmmakers right though because like they got to soak two pizza companies for product tie-in money i'm pretty sure with the sequels too it was always like pizza hut after that yeah. if i remember right in the movies like yeah, I, I i can only imagine it was probably one of those things where like oh we have a sl- small budget maybe we can just get it in an okay from like one brand and then we'll just stick with that one through the whole movie I can't remember what company it was. I want to say it was Domino's, but I could be totally wrong. But, like, around the time, like, the last... Actually, not even the last Batman movies. I think it was, like, the Christopher Nolan ones or something. Like, like there was, like... They had, like, a, a, a tie-in. Like, maybe it was around the time The Dark Knight came out. But, like, it wasn't even, like... Maybe they had a special pizza. Dish, but I know the gimmick was you could get in a special black Gotham pizza box. <laughs> yeah. See, that's funny, because, like, before, like... 
Well, yeah, like the last time I remember like a movie doing a tie-in with like Pizza Hut, mm. it was the Casper movie. Oh, yeah. And it was basically like the commercial had like uh so like you you go into like a Pizza Hut and like like Stinky and the other ghosts are eating and Fatso was eating his pizza backwards, so he's eating the crust first. Mm. And he says something like, "Oh, I'm eating my pizza backwards." And as a kid, as an adult, you watch it and it's like, that's fucking stupid. But as a kid, I was like, that's fucking dank. I got to try that. I got to try eating my pizza backwards. Yep. Mom, can you take me to Pizza Hut tonight? I got to eat it backwards. <laughs> I remember making my mom when I think Back to, yeah, Back to the Future 2 came out, making my mom take me to Pizza Hut nonstop, nonstop so I could get those stupid ass sunglasses. Which, like, I don't oh, even yeah. think we're in the movie, even. But they're like, oh, the solar shades from the future. Solar shades. Well, me and all my friends, we all had to have all the solar shades. Solar shades, so they're basically just sunglasses. Like, yeah. normal sunglasses. They're like, they're like, they always look like Rocky Horror Picture Show sunglasses. Like, some of them, like, they're just like wacky shapes and colors. Cheap sunglasses. I oh, had yeah. them for years. And I remember, like, like there was four designs, but two of them were actually the same, just redone in different colors. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. See, like, look at little Slinter, Splinter when he got his ear cut off the way he was holding it. This is some good, I'm telling you, this is some good puppet acting. He looked like a sad uh, rat. Yeah, I couldn't tell. Me. Was that stop motion or just puppet? Just a puppet, yeah, because yeah. it was, like, under the floor. And it was yeah, it was really good. I'm sure probably what they did was they probably built it bigger to scale. Like it probably wasn't literally the size of a rat. It was probably a little bit bigger, but still. Yeah. So Splinter, like he has that big ass sword, and he swipes at uh, Shredder at uh, Splinter. Shredder yeah. had a big ass sword. He swipes at uh, you know Splinter, and he fucking misses, and yeah. he just gets his ear. Like, did he mean yeah. to do that? He wanted him to live so that he could one day <laughs> be this. Yeah, I mean, he even sees him as an adult, like, you know, mutated rat with the ear cut off, and he still doesn't recognize him. Well, maybe that is how he recognized him if he did. Yeah. Okay. Like, I, yeah, I like, the way I took it when I watched, like, the movie, like, Sh- Shredder didn't realize it, it, who Splinter was, like, till like, later on. Yeah. You'd assume he'd say something about it or something. Like, Shredder's, like, hatred for the... I mean, obviously, he wants to kill the turtles because, like, they, they, you know, he was trying to shut up April O'Neil, kill her, or do whatever. And mm-hmm. the turtles stopped that from happening. So I get I get why he's mad at the turtles. But he's also, like, there's, like, a line where he's like, oh, we have to get these freaks. Like, he's so, like... It's weird how, like, Shredder is, like, these abominations of nature. We must kill them. Mm-hmm. But then in the second one, he wants to fucking get them at their own uh, their own game. Yeah, make, and make more his memes. own memes. Yeah. yeah, and he gets pissed off. He's like, "Babies, I know they're babies." He thought he was going to get these cool ass mutants, and then he just got some dummies. He'd rather have teenagers. Like he yeah. he wants uh instead of them talking about wanting mama, he wants them like wanting to like you know get a Playboy and like. Discovering jacking off and shit like that. Yeah, it's weird. <laughs> I never understood in the sequel why they just didn't do Bebop and Rocksteady, to be honest. Yeah, I remember there was a reason for it, but I forget what it was. Was it just that they wanted to like make new characters to make new toys out of? Possibly, yeah. Yeah. I, see, I I love see this is good filmmaking. I love this part where all the Foot Clan like you see them all jumping into the sewer like they can't wait to get out of the sewer. And then mm-hmm. later, after the turtles kick their ass, they show them all crawling out of the sewer real fast. <laughs> exactly. So, 
I wonder, like, they live in the sewer, so, like, they've probably gotten used to, like, the stanky poo yeah. smell. It's like, yeah, they could have done something with that. Like, maybe a fucking Shredder tries to kill him with, uh, you know, uh, by having, you know, the mutant babies shit all over them, but then they can withstand it because they're used to it. Yeah. Like, well, you know what's funny too is like in this in the seventies and eighties and you know like the, there was a lot I guess maybe even in the early nineties too because for some reason the Punisher moved into the sewer too in the Dolph Lundgren version but like these movies love to have all these sewer scenes and like they're always in the sewer and it's like steamy and hot and there's like <laughs> two inches of water which like that would really just be piss and shit but like when you see a sewer like on an like, actual TV show like a documentary. Like it's like you're up to like your neck and just like it don't even look like piss and shit. Mostly it looks like barf just flowing through the sewer. And like literally, if you stepped in it, you know, you crawled into it like without a completely protective suit on, like you would actually just like get super sick and like ill. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? This is actually one of the like more comedic scenes in the movie Mm -hmm. where uh, Casey Jones is mimicking his like like the bad guy's uh, vocal thing he does while he's doing. Yeah, and uh, his reaction to seeing Splinter for the first time is fucking pretty funny, too. Yeah. <laughs> he just kind of like, what the fuck? And then just kind of shrugs, like, okay. Yeah, Elias Cortese is awesome in this. Mm-hmm. Did you ever see, um, it's a remake. Um, I think it's like a remake of a Humphrey Bogart movie, but did you ever see Desperate Hours with Mickey Rourke and Elias Cortese play uh, brothers? And um no. It's it, it, dude. It's I actually highly recommend it. So it's like Mickey Rourke is like this like criminal. I forget what he did. I think he's like a murderer and shit. It, it it's actually like it's funny when you watch it. It's it's like the characters are actually who Tarantino based the the Gecko Brothers on and from Dusk Till Dawn. Mm-hmm. So like Mickey Rourke is going on this like this big trial and his his uh, lawyer is Kelly Lynch, this like hot woman who he seduced, you know, to help him escape. So they do like a, a, a whatever you call it, like like courtroom escape. And uh, Elias Cotis is his brother and helps him get away. And then there's like a third guy played by David Morse. And like, you know, like all the cops and everything are like looking for him. So they have to hide in like this big mansion that's like owned by Anthony Hopkins and I think Mimi Rogers. And they have a couple kids. I want to say Shawnee Smith plays the daughter. It's actually a really good movie. I want to say it's for like from like 1990. So like literally, like either 89 or 90. So like it was like the movie either right before, or right after this that Elias Cotillas made. It's pretty good. Oh yeah, I'll check it out. Yeah, it's worth watching. And it's kind of funny too because like the whole house. Eventually, somebody figures out that the criminals are in the house. You know, so like all those, you know, the it's like a whole media thing and like the SWAT teams and shit come. And it's actually like a pretty good parody about those type of situations. How bad law enforcement fucks everything up. <laughs> mm-hmm. Oh yeah. So I, I got the I got the DVD cover of this movie on my desk right here. And I'm looking at the special features, and guess what's one of the special features? What's that? Interactive animated menus. Holy shit! You, you probably when you got this DVD, you probably sat there for hours playing with the interactive DVD. Oh yeah, yeah. And it's got a playable game that you can play Ooh. with your uh, DVD remote. Oh, that's even better. Yeah, the my magical trailer and much more. I'll give this uh, the special features a three out of ten. Oh, there you go. That's a, that's a true hillbilly DVD review rating. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> you ever you ever see the ones where they just have the trailer and I always say 
say, I got to go low on this motherfucker. <laughs> you only got one special feature, one out of ten. Hell yeah. But yeah, so this is a pitiful scene when uh, Casey Jones, he was getting his ass beat by uh, Tatsu. And then he found a golf club and in one hit knocked him out. And then uh, what's his name? Rockwell and the rest of the baby foot clan have to reconsider their stance. of Yeah, him. they're like, oh, but but the shredder protects us. He's like, we're family. And, he, and then uh, Casey Jones goes, you call this family? And that's all he had to say to get them yeah. to like reconsider. <laughs> yeah, like I always remembered it like he gave him a speech. Like, you know, <laughs> he doesn't. He just goes, what? You call this a family? Oh, Fucking forget about it. Sam Rockwell is completely deprogrammed by that speech. Yeah. I think what really would happen was all those kids realizing the foot clam was coming to an end, they would just would, would pretty much loot that warehouse and just leave with all Steal the Steal all the cigarettes yeah. to finish smoking, yeah. Yeah. It's probably the only reason they joined. Yeah. So so now the uh, the fighting, you know, because the foot clan keeps retreating, the turtles are just chasing them. I like that one shot that was earlier. Oh, there's the big trailer shot. Michelangelo can pop his head in his shell. Hell yes. That was so huge. So, like, I, I like the fact that the Turtles at this point are actually now chasing the Foot Clan to beat their asses some more. Mm-hmm. Like, they've already beaten them and made them run away, but, like, you know. Oh, yeah. This is a good, this is, like, you want to talk about some good studio work, too. This rooftop, the trans lights, like, the backgrounds that are, like, the city skylight. Like, it all looks pretty good. Mm-hmm. You, you ever notice the Foot Clan are basically all the same stereotype, like the same archetype? Like uh, they just went to the fucking Creator Wrestler tab in fucking WWF Attitude, PlayStation <laughs> One, just made a generic guy. Did they have that? Did they say, kids, if you're like over a certain amount of weight, if you're uh, below a certain amount, if you're like under this tall, don't bother fucking joining the Foot Clan? Yeah, because they're all about six foot. 150 pounds i'd say exactly that's non-inclusive and there's like there's no like like during the fight scene is is, there's no like scene where like you know the littler ones get out of the way and some big hulking big foot clan guy no like no they're all exactly the same size Mm -hmm. and we saw like at their hideout there was like all kinds of different people there like like white kids black kids there was like you know yeah. like asian people were there all kinds of people but now we're only seeing the foot clan as white guys yeah what the fuck are they what are they doing there they, tra- they trained a bunch of white guys in the art ninjutsu that's why the the foot clan wasn't very good yeah they're fucking up to something fucking fucked up i think making all the non-white guys do other shit around the foot clan headquarters yeah I gotta say, I think Shredder's costume is pretty badass in this movie. It is, yeah. Like the material they made out, like the way it catches the light and the shiny. Mm-hmm. And by the way, we we've gone through this whole movie. The turtles have never killed anybody. No. And we're getting ready to see fucking our boy King. Our boy Shredder whenever he falls into the back of that garbage compactor. Yeah. They even they even lessened it from having Shredder get blown into a million pieces to just falling into a uh, a dumpster truck. Like I mean, to to me, I think they were uh, you know they softening it up. If anything, yeah, and like part two must take place just like a day or so after this yeah. one because he crawls out. Still in, yeah. So fucking April O'Neil goes from looking like this to looking like Paige Turco in just like a day. She, she gets a fancy makeover and gets shorter. 
exactly. So I was curious about the like what was the ratio for this movie? Budget thirteen and a half million, box office two hundred and two million. You gotta understand that's two hundred million in nineteen ninety dollars. That'd be like mm-hmm. that'd be like sixty. That'd probably be like six hundred million now. In honest, all honesty, it's it's weird to think that this was like a big like kind of like name too. Like yeah. a, it's a big property, and they just let some people. Some that were budget. doing it completely independently have it. That's fun. Yeah. yeah. Like, would they ever do that now? No. Every, Disney would buy it and then fucking, you know what I mean? Exactly. Bob Iger must own everything. I own exactly. Star Wars now. Look at my Beta Cut trilogy. <laughs> oh, yes. Back to the Beta Cucks. They always come up. <laughs> you can't do a podcast without talking about them. <laughs> You know who's not a beta cuck, though? And who would have been my choice to play Casey Jones in this movie? Polly Shore. Hell yes. See, they couldn't do that because he would have fucking stole the whole show. It's about the he turtles. Would've. Yeah. You can't just let Polly Shore come and steal your movie. Hey, buddy. I'm chilling with yeah. the turtles now. Splinter, get that fat nug, and then we'll get some pizza for his own grind, did you? <sighs> He'd have the turtles talking like him and shit. He would. Yeah. See, I, they could have got him to play fucking uh, Splinter. That would have been great. Oh, yeah. The turtles would have been all valleyed out then. Oh, yes. Yeah, I, I like this how, like, they like they try to take, like, him, like, one-on-one, and, like, he beats them. Yeah, they get their ass kicked. And they have to throw their weapons over, and they realize uh, Shredder's just going to kill Leo anyway. Mm-hmm. During some of the lighting, sometimes too, depending on how like how bright or how dark the lighting is, sometimes it's like hard to tell with the bandanas which one is Donatello and which one is Leo. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because sometimes Donatello looks blue with his bandana. It's not oh, until yeah. it's not until you see him like side by side you realize like Leo's is like baby blue. Mm-hmm. I remember too. There was a deleted scene where uh, during the farmhouse section where they were like training. Uh, kind of building up their strength again and like they were doing a thing where they they turned their uh, bandanas around to blindfold themselves mm. and like I remember seeing like a, a still from that deleted scene and I wonder if the deleted scene still exists since the uh, alternate ending does yeah oh here's here's a fun fact like on the uh, letterbox version that shot right there where he flips over the balcony mm-hmm like uh, or not the letterbox version but the the square aspect ratio for uh, oh yeah uh, the the four three whatever yeah yeah like you could tell like you could see like the like the rod going up splinter or like it was either that or like the harness he was setting on or something yeah because they shoot it kind of squarish and then they mat it down to be widescreen actually so yeah yeah so when you get those four by three versions you see the top and bottom the most famous uh fuck up in that you know uh, department was like in uh Pee-wee's Big Adventure, where he's pulling the fucking chain out of his uh, bike, like the mm. uh, little thing, and you could tell that the chain was just going through a hole in the bottom of the of the little like add-on thing he had on his bike. Oh yeah, I've, I have seen pictures of that. I wa- yeah. I can't remember what it was now, but I watched something recently, and I was like, this looks a little off. Because another thing I hate is when a movie is like ultra widescreen, like two thirty-five to one, 
And then for like the cable version, they they like you know either crop it or sometimes they do like you're saying like they they just open the mat up to where you can make it sixteen by nine. And there was yeah. some movie I can't remember what it was. I was watching it was an older movie and they did that. I was like this looks a little weird, so I looked the movie up and I was like oh shit this is like supposed to be in a different aspect ratio. And because mm-hmm. they were showing more information on the top and bottom, I kept seeing the fucking boom mic like swing around on the top. Yeah. Oh, like there was one too. Remember. Uh... And the original Mad Max, mm-hmm. that scene where uh, they throw the – like he, he hooks the car with the chain and then she drives off. And then when she gets home, she realizes that his hand was stuck to the chain because oh, she yeah. ripped it off. Like in the, the VHS version, whenever she's following the chain, there's a shot where like she's following the chain and the camera pans up. And you can like literally just see that like somebody off screen is holding the chain so that it's <laughs> hanging into frame. But you just see his hand. A clear as day. That's terrible. I don't get why they did that. <laughs> exactly. Another it's funny because it's it's weird because like you get used to seeing it like that. Yeah. And then you watch the fucking widescreen version, you can't see it. I remember like whenever I got the Blu-ray of uh, Showdown in Little Tokyo. Mm. Remember the part where they crushed the car and the there's a fucking obvious dummy in the car. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you can't see the dummy in that, and I was like, ah, what the fuck? That's like a classic scene. Yeah, I, I need I need to get the uh, the Blu-ray of that because I, I I had I had like a, a copy you know like a rent a former rental copy on VHS I bought as a kid like there was about ten movies and I want to say there's that uh, I want to say I had a copy of Ninja Turtles and then like for Christmas I got a copy of Batman so I had like about six seven movies oh and then later Pet Cemetery two I got a copy of like back yeah, in the yeah. days kids when when before Netflix I, like during the summertime. I don't, and there's nothing on in the middle of the night. I would only have about eight or nine VHS tapes, VHS tapes I could I could throw in and watch. So I watched the, a lot of those movies like 20 times over the years. Mm-hmm. Showdown. Oh, Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure. Mm-hmm. Uh, Near Dark. I can't remember if, yeah. if I saved those or not. If I if I do have them, they're in a box somewhere. But like, yeah. See, they they needed to make that that scene from earlier where he says he hates punkers, Casey mm-hmm. Jones. He should have saw the little kid with the the Sid Vicious shirt and like punched yeah. him in the face or something. Like, yeah, I hate punkers. Yeah, I had to go full circle. We we totally ignored the best Casey Jones line of all time when they came back from the farmhouse and uh, they were crawling in the sewer, and then you realize yeah. he's claustrophobic, and they're laughing at him, saying, "You're claustrophobic," and he says, "Hey, I never even looked at another guy." Exactly. <laughs> you could get away with that humor back then, not now. Exactly. A lot, of, a lot of people um, I, I've heard are cringing now because they're watching the Bill and Ted movies again, and uh, that scene where uh, you know Bill and Ted hug because they think uh, Ted died for a second, and it turns out he didn't. And then, oh, yeah. yeah, then they say fags, and they, mm-hmm. they're like, yeah, I heard that's triggering a lot of people now. It's like, yeah, even even Bill and Ted aren't uh, you know ready for these times. Yeah, back in the different time, baby. So everybody cancel your whatever $25 pre-orders for VOD this Friday. Not only that, in the second movie, they call the devil a fag. Do they? I don't remember that. <laughs> yeah, because yeah, I only had the first one on videotape. Uh, I haven't seen the second one like a whole lot. Exactly. But that's going to change soon. I actually prefer the second one. Yeah, I think you remember you told me. Oh, we should say at the end, uh, Splinter 
tells a joke and he says, I made that funny. <laughs> but like when I was like watching it, I was like, it's really not really a joke. He just said like tubular or whatever it was he said. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he just he just spoke in the same language they say. Man, that this uh, this episode, this movie, man, this shit flew by, man. Mm-hmm. Now we're getting a dank ass song. Not yeah. nearly as good as Vanilla Ice's Magnum Opus in part two. Ninja Ninja, the Ninja Rap is what See, it's called. I, I think this is actually better though, because Ninja Rap <laughs> was just like, saying that I'm, shit over and over. This I'm one, is, who, yeah, I know whoever this rapper is, he did a good job. Look, Head Thug, Sam Rockwell, but um, oh, yeah, yeah Passenger Cab, Josh Pace, Foot Messenger was Leaf Till, but um, yeah, like this one, he, I like because I had the soundtrack cassette, man. Like he does a good job. And and I'll never forget even my boy Phil D's. I remember he shocked me one one night we were hanging out. This was probably like twenty years ago, and he busted out a line from this song, and it was like the same line that was always stuck in my head. Raphael, he's the leader of the group, transformed from the norm by the nuclear goop. <laughs> oh yes. And then you got turtle, but it's actually like when you listen to it, it's actually like an inspirational song. T U R T L E Power Teenage Mutant. Mm-hmm. Turtles, but the but the guy said like if you listen to the guy's voice, it's not like a corny thing. Like he sounds like a hard ass rapper guy talking, you know, talking about the Ninja Turtles. Oh yes, do you remember later? Because I remember uh, Pizza Hut advertised the shows. Do you remember when the the Turtles released through Pizza Hut a, a, a tape you could buy of them performing songs? I do, yes. Yeah. We're coming out of our shells. Coming out of our shells. And they were, they even did a tour, and like I was supposed to go see it. Uh, my dad was going to take me, but um, yeah, like for whatever reason. like I don't know if the tour got canceled or just our local whatever got canceled, but yeah, I never got to see it. Fucking amazing. Like uh, they actually made it like an entire like little mockumentary around it. Wow. And like there, I remember there's a scene where like they're talking about they're they're talking to this guy that's he's like their producer and they're talking about like oh yeah they're so good at their instruments and he's like I think it was Dontello he's he's playing a bass and it's like oh yeah Dontello he's playing bass uh, he's only got three fingers so like we were wondering how are we gonna you know utilize this <laughs> so so he's not he's playing a nice one string bass it, it sounds okay. amazing. <laughs> wow it's so fun it's like a one string bass <laughs> they're trying to convince you how real it is yes. <laughs> Which which now Marvel like every hero just has magic uh, witchcraft CGI suits that fly on and off in their their bodies with no explanation at all. They just go, oh, it's technology. <laughs> the fucking the turtles universe. They're like, how is a three finger motherfucker gonna play bass? <laughs> they had to let us know. Yeah, they did. I want to say Michelangelo was the drummer, wasn't he? Maybe. I'm thinking maybe the guitar player, or maybe he just sung. Maybe yeah. I don't remember. Yeah, I don't know. It's funny. He, yeah, he, I think he was a drummer though, because it makes sense. Cause he's the nunchuck guy. You know what I mean? Oh yeah, yeah, probably yeah. Yeah, but yeah, that's another tape. If I ever come across it, I'll actually give it a listen. Oh yeah. But yeah, man, it was it was fun. Um, where I know you, I know you're a bit younger than me, so probably. Probably as far back as you can remember, because like I actually remember when the turtles like emerged and were like just barely coming out and then getting big. But but probably like your whole childhood, the turtles were probably a big thing, weren't they? Hell yes, I was born in '89. I think the yeah. show was on its like third season at the time. Oh yeah, dang. Oh yeah. So so uh, to to what Star Wars was to me, because I was born in '77. And uh, what Star Wars was to me, Turtles were to you, exactly. 
Oh yes, because I, exactly. I was yeah, I was born the week the first Star Wars movie came out, and you were born like the year that uh, Turtles Mania was really starting to blow up for the very first time. So, see, imagine an alternate universe where this movie had like fucking random CGI elephants added in to oh. hide like oh that'd be best empty space in the background, and like they updated uh the the origin scene where they were kids. Yeah, there was the um. The uh, the, when uh, Casey Jones and uh, Raphael fought in the park at first, there was a lot of empty space around them to put those CGI elephants into. Not only that, like, uh, fucking they changed it so that fucking Raphael didn't strike first or something. (laughs) Yeah. In, in the remix version, instead of saying cricket, you gotta know what a crumpet is, like, in order to appease all the uh, the beta cucks, he just said. (laughs) He just said, they give him a, a British accent, and he says, "Oh, tally ho, sir, be on your way. Just knock me into the the exactly. trash can now. Oh, I won't exactly. fight you, sir." Mm-hmm. Oh, Harry Potter, tell me, Zach, were you a fan of Harry Potter when you were a child? I actually was. I, like, uh, by the time the movies were coming out, I think I watched the first two, and then by the time the third one was out, I kind of grew, kind of grew out of it. But I still watched the third one, and I haven't seen any of them since. Like, since that one. Yeah, I didn't. I didn't see any uh, Harry Potters until um, like long after they were done on home video. So, mm-hmm. you know, I came late to the party, and uh, I didn't really stick around that party that much. It didn't do much for me. Mm-hmm. It just—I was too old when the books came out, so it, it didn't hold any, you know, nostalgia for me. They still need to make that Harry Potter spinoff, yeah. though. Roger Corman probably—that <laughs> was probably his pitch before they made the first real movie. That was probably his pitch. Yeah, see, the, this is the special features on um, my Blu-ray, Zach. Uh, first of all, the, it, it immediately goes to the special features screen, and uh, there's a there's a photo. Like, it's not from the movie. It's just, like, some photo they took of Raphael posing next to a manhole cover that he's, like, holding up. And mm-hmm. the uh, the special features are theatrical trailer and the sneak peek of TMNT smash-up game for Wii. <laughs> Lame. They didn't even put the dank-ass interactive no. game on yours? No, no, just sneak peek. And, and I started watching that... Um, that uh, sneak peek Wii game shit. Oh, it sucked. I was like, oh. I turned it off. It was just, like... These cartoony, like, you know how Wii, they always try to make every game look like a cartoon because the graphics actually sucked. It was just like, mm-hmm. and it wasn't even like a real game. They were just beating the shit out of each other, like, nonstop, like a fighting game. It sucked. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, yeah. So, I guess that's all we can say about Turtles for right now. I mean. Hell yeah. We talked more about Beta Cucks than we did Turtles, to be honest. But. I almost did make a, a joke, like, referencing, like, if there was, like, a uh, some kind of you know, movie uh, tie-in of the turtles in this movie and the turtle and cannibal Holocaust, but I couldn't think of something funny oh. enough to say. That was their their oldest brother. Yeah, <laughs> he got caught in the before he could get transformed to the to the norm from the nuclear goop. He uh, he, he got caught by the uh, horny Italians who wanted to chop him up for no reason. That was that was their buddy. That was their brother Picasso. Yeah, Picasso. Yeah, we didn't even talk about them being named after the famous uh, painters and all that shit. But mm-hmm. but I guess people already know that shit. They probably when they the people people know all the basic background knowledge when they come into the movie graveyard version of TMNT. They want to hear about beta cucks, don't they? Exactly. Which turtle is probably the biggest beta cuck? Oh, 
You know, like he's really not in the movie version, but on like the more modern versions of the cartoon, they always made Donatello a beta cuck. Hell yes, he's the fucking he's the enlightened one. He's the smart guy. They always got to be more beta. Yeah, which I don't even think I don't even think that's true. I, don't, I think just because you know more about science and gadgets and electronics that doesn't mean you're a beta cuck. If anything, he's he's less of a beta cuck because he's making weaponry to beat the shit out of people. Oh, you don't frequent the internet forums I do. That makes you totally a beta cuck. Oh, really? Fucking being a science Yeah. If you know anything about the way shit <laughs> exactly. works. Exactly, yes. If you're an engineer who makes 200 grand a year, you're a beta cuck. Exactly. But yeah, so so thanks for, uh, you know, doing this with me, Zach, because I, I, I knew you was a TMNT fan, so you seem like the, uh, the perfect fit to, uh, you know, talk about this. Hell yes. And like I said, I just realized the other day, well, I can't even give myself credit because it was after I asked you to do this episode. I realized it was 30th anniversary, but I'm glad we got that out. And technically, this will be our first episode of September, so it's kind of like summer's over. But we didn't really talk about any big, like, you know, summertime, big budget blockbuster movies this summer. So I thought it'd be nice to sneak this one in there, you know? Hell yes. So what else you been up to lately, uh, Zach? What do you want to uh, promote here on the graveyard? Um, well, we put out the the we uh, last time I was on, we talked about the Mac and Zach fucking uh, like home movie we made years ago. We yeah. put that up, and now like next we're probably gonna put the sequel up because there's there's a sequel to it. Uh-oh. So that'll will probably be dropping uh, next week or the week after, one or the other. Dang. Exactly. Yeah. And uh, I think this episode's going up September 7th, so the episode we're actually going to record on Friday will probably come out first. Do you want to tease what that's what's going to be about? Oh, hell yeah. Well, he's, uh, our boy the goat, he's coming on uh, the Cinema Anima podcast, and we're going to talk about, basically we're going to have like a little round table. We're going to talk about uh, Hellraiser 1 and 2. Because that's one of those movies that's kind of divided among horror fans. There's a lot of people that are like, you know, the the first one is the best, and the, the, there there are some people that are like, Hellraiser 2 I always thought was the best movie. I think it's better than the original. Interesting. So, yeah. We're going to talk about it, babe. It will tear your soul apart. Hell yes. I can't. Your I can't, whole apart. Your whole, yeah, I can't wait to, uh, speaking of that, I can't wait to uh, talk about how hot Julia is again. Hell yes. Julia Gulia. Oh, that's from yeah. fucking wedding singer, but no, uh, Julia. That's uh that's uh yeah. What about Kirsty? Oh, you know, you know what? Because uh, uh, I'll plug our Instagram real quick here, the Movie Graveyard Podcast on Instagram. So like, they kind of give you people to uh, follow there. And one of my uh, suggestions was Ashley Lawrence, and I gotta say, she looks better now than she did then. Amazing. She is a babe. Exactly. Big time. Big time. Hell yeah. Oh shit! You know you ever have like every once in a while where one of your ears just starts ringing and oh, you can't yeah. hear out of them. It's yeah. happening right now. It's weird. <laughs> That's your brain's way of telling you that the movie's over. Hurry up and put part two on so you can see Michelangelo slap people with pepperonis. Hell yes. Or so, I just started thinking about Ashley Lawrence, and my brain just wants to jack off now. That's your. Uh, that's like the voice of your flashlight calling to you from the drawer. Hell so. yes. So yeah. Anyway, that's it, guys. Uh, congratulations, surviving to September twenty twenty. Exactly. 
And how much uh, longer will we make it? We don't know. We really don't know. Um, but yeah, it was fun doing this, Zach. Thank you, baby. And uh, yeah, we'll we'll keep it going. We'll have some more fun. Uh, ooky spooky, everything in between. Kooky flicks coming up here soon, right here in the movie graveyard. <laughs>